Hi, I'm Hallie, and I want to welcome you to the Odd Life Podcast. That's spelled A-W-E-D, which stands for Awake, Well, and Empowered. In this space, you're going to hear inspirational stories, candid and heartfelt conversations, as well as advice from experts, all with the intention of helping women like you live odd AF. Because I believe that the more of us that live awake, well, and empowered, the better this world will be. So thank you for being here and welcome to your odd life. Hi, Jess. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Thanks for being on. I really appreciate it. I know we did this conversation back on Instagram and on IG Live at one point, but so much has happened even since then. And I'm so glad to have you now on this space uh, in the podcast. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm so appreciative of your time and love love being able to chat with you no matter what we know, whenever I can. So yeah, thank you so much for having me. I was reflecting on that and like, wow, that seems like a whole lifetime ago. Um, so yeah. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, very good. We'll give our listeners. So Jess Bulky uh, and I have met. Uh, she is a local practitioner here in the chiropractic world. Uh, and she and I connected actually prior to that because of our mm-hmm. love for uh, healthy food in the Kansas City area. And uh, we've kind of messaged each other back and forth um, in uh, social media and then found out our, our, you know, she's from my mom's hometown, like all these mm-hmm. crazy connections. And so mm-hmm. we definitely have been connected for more than one reason, I think. So Jess, could you give us like kind of a quick bio of who you are, what you do, things like that? Sure. Of course. Um, I am Jess Bulky. Like you were saying, we um, definitely connect over the passion for just healthy wellness journeys and I have a pretty extensive health journey of my own um, that we're going to get into here in a little bit, but that really led me to the path of feeling called to help others heal on their journeys um, and really just walk alongside people, kind of being the doctor that I wish I had on my journey to help me navigate um, all the different things because there's so much information out there when it comes to health. And so I feel like I have this unique gift of blending the patient experience with the practitioner's education and experience as well. Mm -hmm. And um, that's how I really love to come alongside people, whether they're patients or not, um, just providing value from that space. Yeah. And so why, let me ask it to kind of get into my question is, so what, what makes chiropractic the right fit for you to do that versus some other profession in the medical world? Yeah. What really drew me to chiropractic is um, it's, It's an ability to help patients and help people heal by really connecting them with their own innate intelligence. So my favorite thing about chiropractic was it adds nothing to the body, nor does it take anything away. It simply Mm -hmm. unleashes what's already within. And that is the kind of provider I wanted to be. I wanted to say, you know, we don't need to add anything and we don't need to take anything out. You already have everything you need within you to heal. So let's find what is getting in the way of that and yeah. gently and slowly release um, that interference so that you can really vibrantly step into who you were made to be and how you were made to feel. And so that's what drew me to it. And it was such a crazy thing because chiropractic has been in my family. It's something that I've been exposed to. Um, throughout most of my life, kind of to some degree. Um, However, I didn't necessarily see chiropractic in that way. I saw it as, oh, 
my neck hurts, my back hurts, that's where I'm going to go for those types of things. Um, but through my own healing journey, that's when I discovered, hey, this is a profession that um, really focuses on nervous system health. Every system in your body, we're working with the spine, which is the protection of our spinal cord, which is a direct extension of our brain. Um, mm-hmm. And when I started looking at it like that, chiropractic quickly became um, something that I grew extremely passionate about and something that I really wanted to bring a different lens to. Yeah. So let's tie that into your health journey because obviously, you know, you're a young individual. And so you have not always probably had this viewpoint, right? No. This is something that came along because of something that you had mm-hmm. gone through. So let's tell the listeners um, about your health journey. We don't have to go into the deep dive right. of it because I know it can be a long story, but yeah. <laughs> just enough that people can get an understanding of how this came about and where this healing journey started for you. Yeah. So yeah, we won't get into all the details because there's a lot of them and it's, it's a really long one, but, um, to kind of take a bird's eye view of the journey, I started to get, I was pretty sick my whole life. Um, looking back, Mm -hmm. I just didn't realize it because it was my normal, you know? And so that's something I tell people all the time. I'm like, I love this for you because you just truly do not know how good you were designed to feel. Um, And so it was very normal for me as a child to be on medications, to be going to the doctor, to be homesick from school several times a month. Um, That was just kind of my norm. And it all started my freshman year of college. I just started to grow more and more sick. Um, And something inside was telling me that it wasn't right. However, you know, I kind of grew up, you go to the doctor for everything, even an A on your spelling test. Like it was, it was every reason you go, a sniffle, a scrape, any reason. And so I did what I thought I was to do. And I went to the doctor and it was written off as normal for girls in my age. Every symptom I had was a normal thing. And that's where my favorite saying comes from is it may be common, but it's not normal. And that was kind of the overarching theme of what I felt is like, okay, maybe I can't handle this, or maybe I'm overthinking it, or maybe I don't have a high pain tolerance or all these things to where during the journey, the more sick I grew, the more quiet I grew about it because I Mm -hmm. felt guilt and shame because I felt like, it was a weakness of mine, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so it, it just grew really messy and confusing, but, um, I had this internal wisdom with me the whole time that was spot on. Um, I was on antibiotics, steroids, and muscle relaxers every single month for an entire week during my menstrual cycle. I had several surgeries. I had kidney stones, urinary defects, like all these things were happening. Um, Mm -hmm. And the answer was just either take another pill or Mm -hmm. have another surgery. And eventually Mm -hmm. it got to the point where I had the surgery that changed. And, um, you know, it was the first decision that I made. I had ovarian cysts. Um, Mm -hmm. that were growing larger. And that was the reason for them to be removed. And again, the theme was, this is very normal in girls your age. It's not a big deal. This is going to be the answer to all the problems. 
Yeah. And at the time I was just starting to date my now husband and my, the main thing on my mind was fertility. And so for the first time in my health journey, I followed the prompt to start looking into what my options were for the surgery. The method that I chose for the surgery was much more invasive. So instead of going in with the robot, we did an open incision, almost like a Um, Mm C-section. And that didn't make sense to me even. It didn't really make sense to my surgeon, but I knew there was just something really, really strong internally that was Mm -hmm. how I'm going to do this. Um, So we did the surgery. They removed the ovarian cyst. They're like, you know, everything looks great. We were able to save both ovaries go home, enjoy your Christmas break in college, and you're going to feel so much better. Um, So it felt like a huge success. And seven days later, I got a phone call that they had found something extremely rare, extremely life-threatening, couldn't believe they hadn't caught it sooner, um, and that I had grade three ovarian cancer. The reason it was very rare is the type of cysts I had have different body bodily components, I guess, different tissue types. Um, so my ovarian cysts actually had muscles, teeth, eyes, and brain. Oh my gosh. And the cancer was within the brain tissue of the ovary, oh, of the ovarian cyst. Yeah. Um, so it's just a very complex situation. Um, and honestly, in that moment, you know, you hit your knees in complete devastation. It was like, I didn't even know that was a possibility. Right. Um, and I remember talking to my surgeon just kept talking and I was crying so hard and my tears were hitting my phone because I had it on speaker. Um, and I couldn't hang up because my phone was just like sopping wet with involuntary tears. And she said, before you hang up, I want to tell you something. Um, she's take your time. She said, um, the way you chose to do that surgery saved your life. Yeah. Yeah. Because if we would have went in with a robot, we would have spread highly aggressive cancer throughout your entire abdomen. Yeah. We had no idea what we were dealing with. And I just want you to know that you know how to handle what comes next. Mm-hmm. I, I thank her for that to this day. Yeah. Um, and that's the type of doctor that I aim to be. Um, humble and yeah. honest and pointing people back to their inner guidance, you know, um, mm-hmm. because we all have that innate intelligence, that internal compass that knows more than any textbook or checklist or education that doctors can get. Um, and mm-hmm. that is became that conversation changed the trajectory of my life because I realized Mm -hmm. two things in that moment. I found validation in devastation because what it told me was you knew, you knew 
and you tried to quiet it and you tried to swallow it and you tried to push it down, but you knew what was going on. Um, and that led me to a crazy healing journey. I never thought I would walk. Um, you know, after that, it became a series of oncology appointments and all the things with the best of the best doctors in the nation. And while they're great doctors, I knew that that wasn't my path. Um, that inner mm-hmm. knowing started to come up again and again, and I couldn't explain it. Um, it didn't make sense, but I knew I was called to heal in a different way. Um, and that cutting or burning or poisoning my body was not how I was going to heal cancer. And, um, that led me to explore other options and gain curiosity. And I found this place in Mesa, Arizona that truly, if you drive by it, you probably wouldn't want to go in. I mean, it's like a little hippie healing hut in the middle of Mesa, Arizona. And, you know, when you compare that to the beautiful buildings and hospitals and clinics around the nation that have all of this funding and support, which is amazing. um, It just, it didn't make sense on paper, but I knew that's where I had to be. And <clears throat> that's where I went to heal. And mind you, this is your, and you're at this age, you're 20, mm-hmm. 20. maybe. And this, let me just point out to, to be able to listen to your voice, because I'm sure there's plenty of people that were telling yeah. you, what yeah. are you doing? Oh my gosh. Why would you yes. do that? This is the way we do things mm-hmm. here. You know, this is not what we're going to do. This is life or death. Shut all that off. Yeah. They're like, yeah. you know. And just shut all that off and know that inside you, you knew that this little hippie yeah. hut in Arizona was the place yeah. for you. That is, I mean, that alone right there is, that's very mm-hmm. courageous. So I just want to point that out because that's so at that age, mm-hmm. especially if you haven't done that all mm-hmm. your life. And then all of a sudden at this mm-hmm. point, you're starting to listen to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, that's Thank huge. you. So yeah, commend you for that. It's, it's wild. And it was crazy because it was like, you know, this isn't, deciding your major. This isn't like choosing where you want to live. This is literally life or death, you know? Um, and I knew that I was choosing life. No one else could see it that way. Um, on the outside, unless they were in my inner circle, but, um, I thank God every day for the support that my immediate family and my now husband gave me because I know that, everyone around me was also surrounded in fear. And I knew that in order to survive this, I couldn't listen to anyone else's fear. I had to listen to my faith and Mm -hmm. step forward in faith and encourage. And it was an all out of pocket expense. And so I started a blog to raise money and moved across the United States into a hotel room. I mean, it's just wild. Like, It was just wild. Um, But I was there. When I got there, I was the youngest patient there by like almost 40 years. Wow. And it was just an amazing, life-changing, incredibly altering experience. Um, I learned so much about truly healing the body and not just focusing on killing cancer or fighting disease. It was like, how do I create an internal environment? any disease cannot exist um and focusing on that it's almost like that abundance mindset totally and my life was radically transformed um 
in just seven weeks of being there, the crazy aggressive ovarian cancer that was going to take insane chemo and this crazy regimen to even have a potential chance at making it five more years. Um, it was gone in seven weeks. And I've been in remission for eight years now. Eight years now. That's insane. Mm-hmm. So tell us about the protocol of it. Like, what was your daily life like in healing? What was that like? So um, it was it was really amazing. Um, I essentially, the, one of the reasons why I chose that cancer center over several others within the United States was because it was truly an immersive experience. So it wasn't just an appointment you went to each day. It was like, almost like an eight to five going to school type of thing. Um, and so I would wake up in the morning. I had a protocol for eating. They provided food. Um, I did my coffee enemas, my devotionals, all of that kind of stuff in the morning on my own. And then when I showed up to treatment, we would have essentially a plan for the day. Um, we did classes in the morning called lifestyle classes. This is it's going to sound like a really glamorous spa, but that is not the vibe it was. <laughs> it was just the mindset I chose. Yeah. So it's going to sound like I was at a retreat. It wasn't. It wasn't glamorous. Yeah. But the way that I saw it and the experience I took from it is that I went to these classes in the morning to essentially learn how to integrate what I was learning back into my personal life. Cause I come from small town, Iowa, um, meat and potatoes are the only food groups kind of place, you know? Um, so the thought of like juicing wheatgrass and eating raw fruits and vegetables and not eating meat, like that was a total transition in and of itself. And then you add in all the other lifestyle things like changing your soaps and, not using perfume and just all these things were radical, radical changes. Um, So we started with lifestyle classes and then you had your therapies set up for the day. And a lot of what I did, part of the biggest protocol outside of nourishing your body with raw living foods was um, a treatment called insulin potentiated therapy. And essentially what it is, is, um, you would fast to get your blood sugars low enough safely and you had a nurse with you. Um, And then they would insert insulin and on the tail end of that insulin would be a very small dose of a drug to help target cancer cells specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, And then that would, so it was almost like the best analogy that my oncologist out there used, well, my doctor out there used was, um, He said, if there was a bad person in your village and you had to take out that bad person to save the people, would you bomb the village and hurt the people? Or would you get a sniper and take out the bad guy and save the people? Um, Mm -hmm. So he's like, a lot of what we're doing in the traditional cancer model right now is we're not only getting the cancer, we're getting the patient's immune system, which then they become more susceptible to a whole host of other diseases as well as future cancers recurring and, you know, the different things that come with that. And so it made a lot of sense to me. Um, And during that process, I did a lot of visualization and prayer and all of that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. with it. Um, And on those days, then we would follow that with um, 
and high, a high dose IV vitamin C to help the cancer die off, to help replenish my body. Then I would do colon hydrotherapy to get the die off out um, and really help speed up that process because a lot of what makes people sick also mm-hmm. is the cancer die off just recirculating in the body. Sure. Um, makes sense. Yeah. And then I would do infrared infrared sauna, um, some pump therapy, all sorts of different things to really get the body supported in getting rid of what it no longer needs to serve it and then loading it with everything it needs to heal. Um, and so that was, that was a summary of the treatments and it was hard. It was a lot of work. It was a lot of discipline. It was a lot of change. Um, but I just, I trusted the process. Yeah. And I think you're highly motivated, right? Right. When you're in a situation, you're yeah. like, I'm willing to do anything. Yeah. I will, I will yep. eat the grass outside on the lawn. Yeah. If I have to pig day in the yes. lines, eat them. If I know that's yeah. going to help me, whatever, you know, I think there's yes. definitely, that's always tends to be the way though. I, I think, unfortunately, sometimes it takes a health crisis for people to go, okay, I got to change the way I'm doing mm-hmm. it. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes to now feel healthier. And I just wish everyone, yeah. I, wish, I wish we didn't have to get to that point sometimes. With, and I'm hoping that these conversations will help sometimes. I think realize- yeah. I don't want to get to rock bottom before I make changes. I don't want to even have to mm-hmm. get there before we do it. Mm-hmm. But it seems like a lot mm-hmm. of times that that's the case. And again, like I said, it's, it's a lot of motivation to adopt a whole new lifestyle, which now has changed yeah. your life, obviously. Yeah. And yeah, I saw a quote, um, actually, while I was in treatment there, I had sticky notes all over my hotel room. Mm-hmm. And um, one of them was that rock bottom will become the solid foundation in which I build my life. Mm-hmm. And that's what I always reflected on in the days that it felt like, you know, why am I here? Like my friends are having their 21st party bus birthdays and yeah. my friends are going on spring break. And like, I never, I never dealt with the why me because I knew I was called. So it just became how am I going to reframe this? How am I going to view this? How am I going to make meaning out of something that feels like the end, you know? Um, And that's what I often thought about is like rock bottom is really hard to hit. But once you get there, you realize that you can literally only go up from Mm -hmm. here um, and you get to rebuild brick by brick um, and lay, lay a new foundation for your life. And I think that, Oftentimes, that's where we have to go with our health mm-hmm. um, to realize what we truly need. Yeah. And so coming back from, then you're, you know, you find out, did you find out down there that you had no cancer? Did you come back here and then run tests and find out you were cancer free? I found out there. Um, okay. So we did a follow-up PET scan. Essentially, we did a follow-up PET scan from start to finish it was six weeks of like active hardcore treatment there with the mm-hmm. IPT. Um and our goal with that is I just didn't want to see growth because yeah. grade three cancer cells mutate rapidly. And mm-hmm. so what that meant is the likelihood of spreading was a grade three. Um very highly aggressive in that sense. And so progress to us to continue with treatment looked like PET scan shows no growth. Yeah. We're staying the same. And I vividly, vividly remember going to the center to have my PET scan. And 
you have to sit in this room by yourself because they inject insulin into your veins and it has to go through and da 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 before you can get under um, and do your PET scan because then the cancer lights up like a Christmas tree. And you couldn't have music. You couldn't have anyone in the room. You couldn't have any of those things because you're radioactive. And so I was laying in this room by myself and I was praying. And I remember just this conversation with God of like, I know you brought me here. Mm -hmm. I know you're equipping me. This would never happen in my own strength. So use me to do what only you can do. Mm -hmm. And whatever it shows, whatever, whatever you are going to tell me through these results, I will glorify you in the process and I will share this with others and I will make sure to make meaning out of this second chance at life that I know you're about to give me. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. um, so that was in the morning. And then I went back to treatment to do some vitamin C to get all that dye and stuff out of my body. Yep. Um, and I remember the doctors came over to me in my little chair and they're like, Hey, you know, we have your results. We want you to come with us. And my parents were there that day and we walked back into the room and it felt like the same conversation I had with my surgeon in reverse. And they said, we don't understand. We've never seen this before. Um, it's gone. Wow. There's, there's no, there's no cancer. There is no evidence of disease. And, um, I just, I remember like just losing it and it was like, the emotions, I can't even put them into words. Um, but it's, it's incredible. Um, what happens when you follow that innate intelligence and faith Mm -hmm. and guidance and it's something that will never, ever leave me. Yeah. And I was going to ask you about that because now you've had this experience, you've gone through this journey. Um, you come home. Mm-hmm. How has this changed your life at that point? You come home and now you're like, oh my gosh, I can't, <laughs> yeah. none, of this, none of this applies to me anymore the way I used to yeah. live. So how do you mm-hmm. go forward at that point? What was the, you know, the next steps for you? What did, what did you know, what did life look like for you after? Honestly, it was really tough. Um, it felt like whiplash. I bet. Because it, it, praise God, it happened so fast. And also, holy cow, who am I and how do I function and move forward and where do I exist and how do I relate? And just all of it was really tough. Um, I remember feeling like I needed to like climb a mountain or like go to a different country or like, it was just like, I needed, I felt like I needed something extreme to like. I don't know. I just remember that feeling. And then you experience the survivor's guilt, but then also like, I am a huge, um, kind of a people, fun, huge people pleaser. And so I didn't want anyone to feel uncomfortable by my new choices or feel like they couldn't still connect with me. So it was just a lot of relearning. Um, but that is when I decided, okay, I'm going to chiropractic school ASAP. Mm-hmm. I am moving to Kansas City. 
I'm finding my path. I'm continuing my treatments. I still had a port in my chest and I was mm-hmm. going to chiropractic school and I would go twice a week for IV infusions and keep up with classes and keep up with treatments. And looking back, I'm just like, how in the world did I do that? But I was driven by that purpose. I was driven by, I will make an impact with this somehow. Um, And that's what drove me. And so I started chiropractic school. Um, I continued my therapies. I lived in a lot of fear, to be honest, because it just felt too good to be true. Yeah. Um, So I was constantly like, is it going to come back? Am I, you know, I was kind of living in, in that land a little bit. It makes me shake mm-hmm. when I think about it. Like mm-hmm. right now I'm physically shaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and halfway through chiropractic school, I went in for a well woman check at OPR and I brought my notes with me. It was finals week and I was studying and all of my fears became a reality. Um, I remember sitting there and they weren't coming back in and I almost left because I had to get back to take my finals. And yeah. um, three nurses walk in with a doctor and a box of Kleenex. And, you know, they're like, sweetheart, we think your cancer's back. We feel tumors in the ovaries because I still have my ovaries. Yeah. And we're going to connect you with the best of the best oncologists in Kansas City and And I went black. Um, I was sitting there in my gown on the exam table by myself. And it felt like everything I had feared came true. Yeah. Yeah. And suddenly I was pulled back into that world of the fancy clinics and the, the talks. And, um, you know, I thought, okay, okay, you're right. Like maybe what I did doesn't work. And maybe, it was only short term and, you know, just came to a big fork in the road. Jeremy and I, my now husband, were not yet even engaged at the time. Yeah. Um, I was 23. I still had all of my ovaries and uterus and the whole works. Um, and we found ourselves in oncology clinics again, trying to decide the next steps. And I ended up having a full hysterectomy and staging surgery and debulking procedure. Um, They took 57 lymph nodes, both my ovaries, fallopian tubes, um, fluid fluid around my heart, my greater omentum, you name it. Um, It was a very, very invasive open procedure. Mm -hmm. And um, the surgeon called me seven days later with a pathology report um, with the same tone of, I don't know how to explain this, but there's no evidence of disease anywhere. Um, So everything we took looks good and you don't have cancer, Um, but you also don't have your fertility. (laughs) Yeah, Um, absolutely. And now you're in, you're in surgical menopause at 23 and um, I had to take time off of school because they have an attendance policy and just all the things. It just, yeah. it just brought me to a place for sure. I bet. I um, bet. And that was a really 
a really tough time to re-navigate what does this look like being a young woman in menopause um just all the things all the things yeah. it was a healing process for sure um yeah However, the really cool piece is that um, when I went to get my bandage off, um, it was so painful. And they, they're like, look, we either need to sedate you to get this off or you're going to get it off yourself. Because I had truly like an impulse reaction when anyone came near my stomach. It was, mm. oh, it was crazy because I had a big open incision. And um, I was like, I'm going to do this myself. So it took me a really long time and my mom was there holding my hand and there were a lot of tears and a lot of emotions and it hurt really bad. And I was just, I mean, it was just a really, really, really hard time physically and emotionally. And when I got to the bottom of the bandage, I remember I was kind of propped up in the hospital bed. When I looked down, they made a perfect cross and I felt like that was God's way of saying it's finished. And I brought you through this one for a reason too. And now I can see as a provider who works with women, um, particularly in health journeys, pregnancies, and infertility, how much perspective, empathy, um, and just all of it that that has given me. Because I understand what it's like to make decisions out of faith and I understand what it's like to make decisions out mm -hmm. of fear. And I truly believe that I'm now able to feel and empathize with all of it. I was going to say, how do you, like, so looking back on that decision to have the full hysterectomy and then finding out there's nothing there, how do you not go forward and be bitter and upset and angry mm -hmm. and all, I mean, I'm sure you probably did feel a lot of those things, but how do you, how did you move past mm -hmm. all that? What was your like path there? Honestly, honestly, the scars on my body. I mean, to me, it's just when I look at it, it's undeniable that there's purpose in the pain mm -hmm. for sure. And it's, it's not mm -hmm. easy. It's not. Um, I still struggle with it, but I know that the same, the same strength that got me through all of that is still yeah. with me. And it's just a reminder that of that inner guidance and to listen to it. And I don't regret it. I don't um, also feel that it lifted a lot of fear for me because I was living in fear that maybe something is still in there and maybe the pet scan didn't get it and mm -hmm. maybe it's going to come back. Um, and so I think in a weird way yeah. <laughs> um, that fear was what was going to make me sick yeah. again. And so the way that I don't feel resentful or regretful in that is I have to deal with a lot of the hormonal changes. I deal with the grief. I deal with the yeah. loss, but I'm not living in yeah. fear. It gave me a boldness and a conviction and a confidence and courage to know that I could help people and lead them to find their truth inside and to really guide them on their journeys um, because I have, I don't live in mm -hmm. fear of cancer mm -hmm. anymore. I just don't. Um, and I think that was the greatest gift that came from so much pain, being able to truly surrender that yeah. fear. Oh my gosh, Jess, I can't even imagine. And going through it at a time when, like you said, a lot of your friends are off, like, you know, 
having their big milestone birthdays or they're off, you know, starting families or whatever. And then you're going through this situation. How, like, how was your support system? How did that shift at that point? Because I'm sure it was at a point, like it was hard to relate to people that were doing other things. And it was hard to maybe continue friendships that maybe if they didn't get it or, you know, how did you, how did you go from there with your support system? Yes. I realized that, you know, I realized a couple things. I realized that I had to lean even stronger on my mm-hmm. faith. Um, I also realized that, and something my sister always tells me is people only know their own pain. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I knew that I couldn't put the burden on my strength, my strong relationships to know what I was walking mm-hmm. through. Um, and I couldn't, it wasn't their fault that they didn't know my pain Mm -hmm. or have the perspective of my pain. Mm -hmm. And so I just had to shift the lens in which my expectations were from my relationships. The biggest thing was to like, just realizing that this perspective and this, this season I was walking through um, was going to equip me to be there for them in their seasons that they are going to walk through in the future. Um, And just really realize that, the richness and the closeness and all of that had to come from uh, a few key relationships and no longer from the friendships and relationships that just weren't there yet. And that's not to anybody's fault. Um, But I kind of just had to shift and manage my own expectations with that. Yeah. Makes sense. And mm-hmm. so taking all this, now you're at this point in your life, you're managing menopause, you're going to going back through mm-hmm. chiropractic school, finishing up, creating your business. How did this impact the focus you had on how you wanted to approach? I mean, obviously you mentioned this at the very beginning, but let's kind of continue that thought about how you wanted mm-hmm. to approach your business using this whole experience as your Mm-hmm. you know, let's say foundation, but just ability to empathize and ability yeah. to recognize and help women understand their innate healing, that kind of stuff. Like what does your practice look like with all that now? Yeah. I think that, um, if you were outside looking in, you probably wouldn't know what I carry with me. And mm-hmm. that's what I desire. Cause it's not about me. It's about them. Yeah. Um, What I love about my practice is that I'm able to serve people from birth all the way to their golden years. And I'm able to walk alongside women in pregnancy who may be experiencing a lot of similar fears that I felt when I was walking through cancer or Mm -hmm. um, someone who has dealt with chronic migraines and lives every day in pain and feels like they're not being heard because migraines are common or whatever it may be. There's so many different situations that people walk into my office with. And that's why I named it journey is because I really want to be someone who meets someone where they're at in their health journey, whether you are, you know, drinking green juice every day and taking 11 supplements, or maybe you still eat at McDonald's every day, like no judgment, no shame, come as you are. I want to earn your trust as a provider and be a space where you can come with your questions and you can come for guidance. And you know that you're going to be led with nothing but love and intention and helping people 
find their answers within themselves instead of demanding they fit a certain mold when it comes to health. Because that's what people need is someone who helps guide them, but also really points them back to the answers that are already within Mm -hmm. and just becomes a champion for them and their children and their families. And I've loved that. I mean, there's been so many times where people will come in and they're like, what does it look like to, you know, have lead a healthier lifestyle? Or what do you think about this? Um, Just being that point of reference for them. Or when they walk through really hard things, um, how to how to connect with them because the way that you speak to people, it just matters. And I remember so many times walking into, especially on college appointments, but um, doctor's offices where I would bring, you know, these intimate thoughts, feelings, hopes, dreams, whatever, whatever it was. I remember walking into my oncology appointment with all of this research about how diet can impact um, cancer and essentially being laughed at. And even if they didn't agree with me, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. even if you don't agree with me, please just treat me like a human and acknowledge that I'm trying to invest in my health. And instead of making me feel like an idiot, like encourage me at 20 years old, for how cool it is that I am wanting to find the answers yeah. and asking for help and guidance and invested in that process. And so that's just, that's the lens through which I operate as a provider. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the things I, I love about you the most is that when I come in, a lot of times I've been to other chiropractors and every treatment is usually the same mm-hmm. a lot of mm-hmm. times. And when I come mm-hmm. to you, I never know what I'm going to get which I love because (laughs) what I find out is that it's almost like you tap into someone's energy when they walk in the door. Like you feel something Mm -hmm. like you can kind Mm -hmm. of like tell what's going on a little bit Mm -hmm. and not to get woo. -woo, But I, I just, I really felt like the last time I came in and you did something and you asked me a question, I was like, hold on. What do you mean by that? And you're like, like emotionally, Oh yeah, I totally do. And you picked up on it. And so I, have to ask about that process because you don't see that from other chiropractors and you you really right. do this really well. And I just wonder where that came from or if that's something you just over time, mm-hmm. you know, attuned into or where that comes from. Thank you. First mm-hmm. of all, that's really sweet. Um, I, there's a couple things, um, realizing that, uh, our bodies speak really, really loudly. Mm-hmm. And I think, The gift of chiropractic is you use your hands and you use the person's body and what an intimate connection that is. Not in a creepy way at all, but the fact that like somebody lays down on my table and without words, they're trusting me through touch Mm -hmm. to help their body ease pain, Mm -hmm. feel better, insert any of their goals, help with digestion, help with conception, help through pregnancy, whatever it is honoring and respecting what a trust that is first and foremost, um, really allowed to have like this, this awe Mm -hmm. in what you do. Um, and when the person lays down, I don't see it as like a checkbox system Mm -hmm. because that's just never the way I viewed health. So even if someone's like, Hey, my low back hurts, you know, it's not okay. Low back hurts. 
on this side. So this is what we're going to do. It's, it's not a one plus one equals two. It's a, a whole body, individual, physical, chemical, emotional experience um, where it's, it's kind of zooming out and looking at where is this person holding tension? Why might they be holding tension here? How is this affecting everything else, you know, and where is it coming from and how can we address this? But all of that without work. Yeah. Um, because it's amazing what happens when you just kind of really observe and you can feel how that person feels. Mm -hmm. And that's part of that innate to innate connection. Mm -hmm. So I use my innate wisdom to see and honor the innate wisdom in another human, even babies. Mm -hmm. And that's why so many people ask me, they're like, you're just babies. I'm like, yeah, it's amazing what happens. And we'll have parents who bring in their babies who haven't stopped screaming for 72 straight hours yeah. and they lay on the table and they go silent. And it's, it's not something you can teach. It's not something you can quantify. It's not push this button and you'll get that response. Yeah. It's really like getting rid of all of the mental clutter so that you can truly be present eye to eye, heart to heart, soul to soul. Oftentimes people don't even know I'm doing that yeah. <laughs> because it might freak some people out, but I see people. I see them and it's amazing when you just put down your own agenda and your own ego and your own need for a certain response or reaction or the desire to be liked or whatever it yeah. is and you see people and you have the right intention and then you create a physical movement with that dude mm -hmm. it's powerful there's nothing that the body can't yeah. do you know, and it is, it's amazing what, when you get quiet and you just listen, which is the hardest mm -hmm. thing right now, I think with the world that it is, and you're told to eat this mm -hmm. and to try this and take this mm -hmm. medicine, all these different things that almost it's clogging up everything. And it's hard to hear yeah. ourselves with everything coming at us. Mm -hmm. I mean, just today, it was like, I just read something on the Today Show pops up on my, um, my phone and it says like now UV light now for gel manicures. Yes. I saw yeah. that. And then it's like, then the that. gas stove things popped up and all of a sudden we're like bombarded with all these things, but it's like, okay, let's just get down to actually like what the body needs rather than, you know, I don't know. There's so much stuff that we're all getting thrown at. And I think it's confusing for people that definitely don't know. Um, like this yeah. world's new to them of trying to like take out the junk. And uh, I mean, is there anything that you could give people as far as what are the, the most important things you think would help them either tune into their innate knowledge, also just living in a way that's um, going to help their body heal itself on a daily mm -hmm. basis. Like what are your kind of top mm -hmm. things you would recommend? Mm -hmm. Okay. So first of all is the mindset that it is never outside in, it's inside mm -hmm. out. So I think that is the biggest first and foremost thing, because like you said, you can drink the greens, take the supplements, move your body. You can do all of those things. But if you are doing it for an outside-in reaction mm -hmm. and not from a place of inside-out, and what I mean by that is there's, there's this overarching mindset that, okay, I'll take the pill and I'll feel better, or I'll do this and I'll get this result. So it's like the one plus one equals two, and healing just does not freaking work yeah. that way. And so a lot of people start their healing journeys, even in the holistic world or the integrative world, 
and they're thinking it's a one plus one equals two. And so they're like, I'm drinking the greens and I'm doing this because my body isn't right and I need to fix it. And the mindset over anything else matters the most. A hundred percent of the time, because I will tell you, I sat by 14 other people in that holistic healing center who ate the exact same thing I did, who had the exact same IVs, who had all, we all were on the same protocol. Granted, we all have different life, this and all the different things, but the why behind it matters. And I think if you shame yourself into doing something, your body does not receive it. It just doesn't work. And that's where I tell people, it's like, you have to get rid of the shame first before anything else works Mm -hmm. for you. Even if it's chiropractic, I'm like, don't shame yourself into coming here three times a week. You know what I mean? Like if it, it, you know, so that's where you have to start. And then when you build your routines, in my opinion, the best things to do are to set your day up for success by right when you, like before you get out of bed or if you wake up in the middle of the night or whatever it may be, have a prayer or affirmation or something that you're constantly telling yourself Mm -hmm. when you get into those states. Um, So mindset, whether it be prayer, gratitude, whatever fits the mold there. And when it comes to that, find your way of connecting with yourself. And so for me, it's always worship music and it's always time with coffee and a journal. Some people that would feel not fun at all. Like my husband tried journaling and he's like, I just don't get it. This isn't, this isn't doing it for me. And there's nothing wrong with that. So I think that blends with your health journey too, is like finding the way that you connect with yourself through these different lenses. So finding the way you connect with yourself when it comes to mindset and gratitude, finding the way you connect with yourself when it comes to movement, Mm -hmm. finding the way you connect with yourself when it comes to food um, and really healing your relationship with food. Um, Because if you're eating salad and shaming yourself, that's no better than a cheeseburger. It's just not. Um, And finding a way to really enjoy it and make it fun. And then the biggest things, I mean, hydration, putting lemon in your water, starting the day with a big glass of lemon water, I feel like cures 99% of things. (laughs) It's like a clean shower for your insides and it wakes up your cells and it hydrates you. And it, it just tells your body, I see you, I hear you, I'm nourishing you today. And, um, that's a really big one for me. And that's something you can do no matter where you are, no matter what. I mean, it's, almost free. Um, so that would be what I would say is finding your ways and not following a protocol, finding your way Mm -hmm. to move your body, to connect with your mindset, to heal your relationship with food, to explore that in a way that isn't someone else's pillar protocol. Um, so that you're really honoring what your body needs. I think one of the things that's helped me a ton when I started to really hear myself was doing things like meditation and yoga mm-hmm. or things that made me mm-hmm. required me to be, to be quiet. And it's hard at first because you're not used to it, but I think it's doing something that like are going for a walk with no headphones, nothing, whatever mm-hmm. that teaches yeah. you to, to find that quiet space where you can hear yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you can take that, I think into the kitchen. And when you're making something, what does my body want? 
what is it needing right mm-hmm. now? And you can actually hear mm-hmm. that rather than the script that you think, you know, that you're supposed to like, I need to be eating, you know, meat and veggies and some fats or whatever. Like you maybe for you at that day, it's just like, I just need an apple right now or, you know, whatever. But I think it takes practicing that quiet time so you can learn to hear yourself. And for me, that was getting on the yoga mat way back when. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's, and then I started to pay attention to like, something didn't feel right. Like, oh, that feels kind of like um, my, my back sore or my neck sore or something's mm-hmm. out of whack. Mm-hmm. And I, but I wouldn't, I don't think I would recognize yep. it before unless I had done those practices first to kind of get to that mindset mm-hmm. or to get to that place where I could mm-hmm. get quiet and hear myself. Absolutely. And I think that one of the biggest things is that silence and stillness takes a lot of strength in a busy world. Yeah. Um, and I still struggle yeah. with that. Um, I'm definitely achiever. I'm a go, go, go. Um, it would be nice if the answers were external. It would be nice yeah. if it would be nice if we could Google exactly what we needed and follow the protocol to a T and get the results we want, but they just don't last when it comes to true inner peace mm-hmm. and healing. And so that's the other thing is like, especially with food, it seems like now everybody's making it a formula, whether it's macros or a carb to fat ratio or a cutout. Um, all carbs or keto or whatever it is. And, you know, there's good things you can take from everything. And I'm a firm believer in that, but it really makes me sad how often I hear and see people who are definitely struggling and pouring every ounce of strength they have into a plan or protocol without realizing how to like bring themselves Mm -hmm. into that and give themselves grace and not shame for this perfection that everybody's striving for, but nobody can attain. Yeah. And it's keeping us burnt out and sick and sad. <laughs> and that's, that's not health either. That's right. that's right. So going forward, um, for you, you've got your business, you're doing fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I have to laugh a little bit. Cause you mentioned this, we talked not too long ago about, you set a boundary not too long, maybe about a year ago now, Mm -hmm. I think probably, Mm -hmm. I don't know how long it's been, Mm -hmm. but you changed your hours and you set a boundary for yourself. Um, Talk about that for a hot second, because I think this was super important and this is a very Mm -hmm. empowering move that you did, but you did it for a very good reason. And I'm wanting you to talk about that for a second and why that was so important for you to do. Yeah. um, Probably one of the hardest things I've done. And you know, as you all know, by now I've done some hard things, but as a, as a people pleaser and someone who literally wants to give everything I have away, um, I quickly realized being in practice, I was open five days a week, but I was working seven because I'm not just the doctor. I'm the leader of my staff. I'm also the owner of the business. I'm also the one doing the notes, the billing, all of that. And so overseeing that, I should say, um, the social media, the marketing, the growth, the vision, the dream, the yeah. all of it. Um, and I quickly realized into, I was not even a year into practice. Um, and I thank goodness for the mentors who are far beyond me, who have helped me see that this boundary needed play. Um, so it certainly wasn't my idea, but enforcing it was really tough. Um, was to cut my hours to three days a week. Um, Granted, those three days are 12-hour days for me. It's not, you know, because it's never just the front-facing patient work. But I was crippled by that decision physically. 
I literally remember Jeremy and I were playing a game and I had gotten some feedback from the hours change that was hard to hear and people didn't have great things to say about it. And um, I couldn't even continue functioning. Like everything stopped. It consumed me. I felt terrible. I felt guilty. I was in bed, laying in bed crying and rereading the emails and, you know, because it's never been my heart or intention, but I had to draw a boundary because I know where I've been and I know where I'm going. And, you know, it was a really hard thing to do, but I know that if I don't have my health, I know what that path goes to. You know, and I know that that means shutting my doors for good. And so it's a continual navigation of, is this sustainable? Is this a way that I can continue to serve? Um, And then also checking in and being honest with myself of like, am I practicing what I preach right now? It was pretty unconventional again, but also a very necessary thing to do. And so, but by doing that though, your business hasn't suffered at all. No. It grew. grew. Right? That's insane. And then Mm -hmm. two, it's done, I'm sure, amazing things for you because you have now this, your nervous system, right? That was kind of the core of the whole thing is your nervous system now is, you're not on overdrive. You are now able to balance a little bit more time to do things you need to do. You have got your own doctor's appointments to go to. You've got your own, you know, got to get your hair cut at some point. You know, like there's a lot of things you couldn't do if you were open those many hours. So there's, I mean, this was huge for you. It's interesting how people view this. Like you should be available to me whenever I need you. But yet, like if I'm if I'm operating yeah. on I'm actually you know on nothing energy and mm-hmm. and I'm burnt out, how am I going to help you? How am I going to truly serve you? So it's right. Well, and that's kind of the point that I realized is like I'm not being fully present, so I might as well not even be here because um, that's what they deserve from me. And that's when that that was my realization moment is okay, these mentors are correct. This is a path I have to take in order to show up refreshed and rested and to really be there for the patient in front of me. And I think that, um, you know, people expect the five days a week and this, that, and the other thing, but I'm like, it's a big deal to me what I'm doing and putting my hands on you is a really big deal. And I refuse to do that burnt out, stressed, tired, fatigued, not thinking, going through the motions. So I know that the patients who value that will be there. And, you know, I've also, before I did that, I also put in place, okay, these are the people that are available on Thursdays and Fridays to take care of people that I love who deserve care. You know, emergencies happen and things happen and whatever it may be. But, um, creating that boundary, creating a plan for what happens when X, Y, Z happens, um, was really important and really hard to uphold. And, um, something that I still navigate and continue to work through, but it's completely necessary in order to actually give people the care they deserve. No, I, I honor you so much on that. I I just think that was such a huge, you know, self empowering tool that you just put into mm-hmm. place. And that's, I'm sure, like you said, mm-hmm. you're a people pleaser. So it was against everything that was probably in your body, but you knew you had to do it. It's like doing the thing, you know, yeah. you have to do and you don't want mm-hmm. to, but you knew it was for mm-hmm. everyone's own good as well as your own. And I'm reading a book mm-hmm. right now that Melissa Urban's book, 
um, the book of boundaries, just reading that right actually right now. And so I'm tuned into boundaries and mm-hmm. how important they are mm-hmm. to our own mental health and, and, mm-hmm. um, just, you know, our, like I said, our nervous system, mm-hmm. keeping it regulated because mm-hmm. we overextend ourselves. We don't say no, mm-hmm. we're going to end up, you know, making ourselves sick. Mm-hmm. And so it's super important to, to do that. So mm-hmm. I applaud you on that boundary. Mm-hmm. That was Thank a you. huge I'm sure it wasn't easy, um, but I'm I'm so glad you did it because you're showing up 100% because you set those boundaries. So thank you. you for that. Thank you. Uh, so talk about the business a little bit. What does the future hold for you as far as down the road? Is there anything that you're trying to manifest right now or bring into, yeah. into existence? Yeah. You know, what I'm kind of um, getting quiet about and reflecting on is, okay, how much healing has happened within the walls of journey and Mm -hmm. how can we bring that healing and make it accessible to people who can't come in the walls of journey, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel that I have been gifted such a beautiful perspective, you know, Mm -hmm. um, that is truly not my own, but was gifted to me through a very painful experience of not everybody can afford to, go to Mesa, you know, and the lessons learned there were very, very impactful and something that I've had to really kind of strengthen before I can teach them. Um, And just what that looks like, you know, really sinking into gratitude for what has been built through journey and um, nourishing what we have and what we've grown and the people that we serve. And also realizing that there may be ways to bring that message out into the world for people, you know, that aren't here locally in Overland Park, Kansas. Um, And just what that looks like while continuing to honor the boundaries and first nourish the people in front of me. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a concept that's in process. Yeah. Yeah. It's something that, has been brought to my mind and my heart and something that I'm just mm-hmm. kind of sitting with until there's direction or guidance. What else I want to ask? So are you a big reader? I am. Do you like to read? If you're reading a lot, like what, what are some of your favorite books that you would recommend people reading or main, ones oh. that made the biggest impact on you? Is there anything that comes off the top of your head? Yes. Oh my goodness. There's so many of them. Um, I really, really enjoyed Atomic Habits, which I think many people mm-hmm. in the in the space um, read. Um, yeah. um, um, um. Uh, the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry was a good one. Oh. Um, that one definitely taught me a lot about, um, you know, cancer kind of gave me like this sense of urgency, which sure. is really good um, in a lot of ways, but also it sometimes it came from a place that wasn't healthy as in like any life dream I have needs to happen right now because who knows if I'm going to live tomorrow. Like that was kind of how my brain worked. Um, and so that was really impactful. Um, I really like, um, Craig Groeschel's winning the war in your mind. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that one's really, really powerful. Um, especially when it comes to combining faith and mindset and just, how to navigate that. Cause we all have a war inside of our head. Yeah. Um, and that one was really powerful for me to kind of really take inventory of what's actually happening in my mind and not just the way that I wish things were happening in my yeah. mind. Yeah. Um, so I would say 
those three were pretty impactful and ones that I kind of revisit. And then I always ask before we finish up, what is one thing that's making you feel odd right now? And of course, odd is awake, well, and empowered. Anything that pops up? Yes. Um, I committed January 1st to moving my body for 20 minutes every day. That's right. Um, because I, I used to have this mindset around movement that, um, was unhealthy and Mm -hmm. I'm working on reframing that. And so, um, I've either moved my body in order for it to look a different way Mm -hmm. or, I moved my body and I would tell myself that it was energy taking instead of life giving, um, just different things. Um, and I think that when I started to move, feelings would resurface for how much change my body has went through. And, you know, I went through a lot of pain in my journey. And so for a long time, I avoided exercise because it reminded me of the physical pain I've been through. Um, sure. And so I'm recreating a relationship with movement this year just truly out of gratitude and truly out of a space to check in with myself because I will give my day away to everyone and everything else. Um, And that has been a really powerful thing for me because I'm like, I have 20 minutes and whether it is going for a walk outside or stretching or whatever it may be, um, I'm gifting Mm -hmm. myself 20 minutes of time to check my body and that is making me feel incredibly odd. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I love it. I've been watching you on your <laughs> socials, so I'm I'm, I'm applauding you. you. I'm, I'm doing Thank it with you. you too. I'm trying to get outside the morning and going for my walk with my puppy and um, pushing myself to get up in the morning yeah. because then it's done. Yeah. And once you're yeah. done, it's done. It's kind of nice. And you're like, yeah. Yeah, I feel great. Energy's up there. Mm-hmm. I'm sleeping better. So it's just a lot of other things that yeah, are good about it. I so, wasn't going to share you. it because I'm the type of person sometimes that I'm like, I want to be good at it before I share it. And then I'm like, screw that. Everybody needs, it's the journey, right? It's not the destination. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, Jess, I'm, I just, I'm, I love you so much. And I just, I feel like we're like sisters mm-hmm. from another, you know, mm-hmm. Mr. Situation mm-hmm. or whatever. Soul sisters, something's mm-hmm. going on there. I don't know what it is, but I just appreciate you so much in my life. And I couldn't do this podcast without at least having you on. You're going to probably oh. be a repeat guest. Well, I would love that. I could do this every week if you want. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I want people to find you. Um, what's the best place? How can they find you? Where can they follow along? Um, is it social, your website? Like, what do you have as far as where people can connect with you? Um, all of the above are opportunities for connection. I would say I'm really active on my personal page, um, at Dr. Jess Bulky on Instagram. Um, and then, um, at journey Cairo KC is our professional page. Journey is our website to journey. If you have any interest in exploring working with us and then, um, more things to come in the future. Perfect. So I love it. I love it. Well, again, thank you so much for being here. I just, I can't wait to, uh, to explore, um, more conversation down the road with you and just let people see what you've got going on. I think you're just such a light. Just want to get your story out there and hopefully encourage people to, to know, listen to themselves and listen to that intuition. And I think you do it so beautifully. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I'm so honored by your words and the invitation to do so. Oh my gosh. You bet. Anytime. All right. Love you. We'll talk soon. Love you too. Okay. All right. Thank you again for being here. I am so grateful for your time 
And if you liked what you heard, please head to where you listen to podcast, rate and review so we can be found by other people. Please share on Instagram, your social media channels, wherever else you go so we can reach as many people as possible so they can meet these amazing women and hear these conversations. If you'd like to connect further, you can find me over at my website at halliesawyer.com or on Instagram. I'm usually going to be at uh, Hallie underscore Sawyer or The Odd Life, which is this podcast specific Instagram account. All right. Have a great day, everyone. We'll see you soon.